Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Thank y'all for tuning in. If you're tuning in for the first time, we do this every Tuesday, every Thursday night from 9.30 to 11. Uh, tonight's going to be a special show because Royce is not going to be on the show tonight. Royce got the day off. Of course, I had to put that in his contract, him to get a couple of days off every now and then. But tonight he's celebrating his uh, wedding anniversary, 36 years. So I want to uh, definitely congratulate Royce and Betty both for their 36 years of marriage. Congratulations on that. So I had to bring in a couple of key figures to ride shotgun with me. So I'm going to bring on Rick. Rick, you're coming on early with us tonight, bro. But welcome to the show, oh. nonetheless. How are you? I appreciate it, man. I'm good. I'm good. And I, I would like to say congratulations to Royce as well. You know, that's 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 a much blessing right there, big time. Oh, yeah, 36 years, man. That's a long time. A long man. Time. <laughs> a long time. A long time. Yeah, we got yeah. so much stuff to talk about tonight, Rick. I'm glad you're on with me, man, because I, I really need your expertise. I need your mind. I need everything. Uh, everything you know about the NFL and the NBA, can we talk about that primarily. On tonight's show, we're going to get into some NFL talk. I think it's fine time. We talked a lot about the NFL since the playoff picture is starting to shape up. We're starting to see what teams are going to be in the playoffs. Some teams even get ready to clinch home field advantage through the playoffs, so it's a good time to talk about that. We also have our very first RF Sports Radio NFL Power Rankings. We're going to rank the top five teams in the NFL, so we have a lot of fun with that. We'll talk about that, too. We're going to get into a Roger Goodell interview that he did with Bob Costas on Sunday night. He said some really key things I want us to get a chance to discuss and also take callers on as well, too. And, of course, we'll talk at the end of the show about the Mavs because the Mavs are red hot right now. They just got to beat Orlando. Yes, uh, 105 to 99, I believe. Yeah, 105 to 99. So they're red hot. So we got to talk about them too. Uh, Rick, you know, as as you know, this show is a call in show. Uh, callers, you can call in if you listen to us live online right now. 323-927-2906. That's 323-927-2906. Or find us on Twitter at twitter.com/slash/rfsports. Now, I do got to bring this one person on real quick to ride with us. Uh, he's going to ride in the back seat, though. He's not going to ride shotgun. And that's because he didn't make it out to the show last Thursday. He was the reigning pick champion from last Thursday. He had a bit of a, you know, illness, whatever you want to call it, toothache, whatever you want to call it. Did get a chance to pick his picks. Now, in all due fairness, though, Rick, he did email me 
and asked me to email his picks to him, and I never got a chance to. But don't you think you should come on the show and make your picks? You got to come on the show and make your picks, without question. I mean, it's the picks, baby. It's the picks. You know what I'm saying? Rain, sleet, or snow, injury. You got to be there, man. You got to be there for the picks, man. Well, let's bring him on. Let's let's find out what he has to say about that. Let's welcome Chosen to the program. Chosen, how you doing, man? You know, I I started to let there be silence as you guys have, (laughs) you know, definitely displayed your inconsiderance. But first, not about me. Congratulations on 30-plus years of marriage. Uh, That was the top thing on my mind to say. So, Royce, congratulations. I hope you're enjoying your night off and a well-deserved a well-deserved day off in your contract. But as far as the picks, come on, man. Two pain is two pain. What can I say? <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> we'll, we'll take a little mercy on you. You'll get a chance to re- to pick again come this Thursday. Uh, speaking of the picks, uh, Rick, I did find a discrepancy in my count. Me and you actually tied, buddy, at 9-6. How we tied? We tied I at 9-6. I'm going to tell you what happened. We didn't take into account the fact you picked the Texans to win and I picked the Titans to win. And that was the one game we had differentiated, and then we went back and you had picked the Bengals. I picked the, I had the Browns as a pick. Right. And we ended up we both had the Browns, and, right. and we needed to, to, you know, break that tie. But it's cool right. because that was my fault. I didn't write them down. You know you be cheap. <laughs> well, I wrote them down. Which is a good thing, which I always write them down. So, so we were fine on that note. I did write, I did write them down. But let's talk a little and, bit and about chosen the- and chosen. Just for the record, just for the record, we wished you well on the air, though. Yeah, we did. Thank we you. definitely did, man. Uh, definitely I appreciate did. it. <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely thank you. It was a trying day, but you know, it would. I, I told you guys on the show before that it would take an act of God to. Because he's, he's, he's had a Hall of Fame career. Will he make right. the Hall of Fame? I don't know. 
you know, but, you know, he's had that type of career. I think he'll definitely make the Hall of Fame. And uh, he's already, I, I think he's already starting to plot his return back to NFL or on a team. He's already had surgery, um, already for the injury, had surgery on yesterday, so he's not wasting any time getting this fixed and getting healed so he can try to get into someone's training camp in time for next year. But I think he, I think his, his, his physical ability is still there. Uh, he, he did score more touchdowns than any of the receiver on the Bengals this year. He had a great season, uh, pretty much almost 1,000 yards receiving. And I think he could still be productive on a team, a team that needs another receiver. There aren't there are some teams out there that think they, they could probably use him next year, especially some of these teams with young quarterbacks like uh, Sam right. Bradford or like a Tim Tebow or like um, uh, any of these younger quarterbacks, even whoever decides to be the quarterback in San Francisco, he could end up back there. So, I mean, Chosen, I think he's still got some play left in him. I mean, you think he'll have any problems getting on the team next season? Um. I don't really think that he will. Somebody will take him. I mean, the 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 T.O. factor is nice to have if you have nothing else to go to. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And you never know. You, you know, know what, one thing about that, though, is, you you know, you have to admit, um, it can't necessarily be a team where, you know, their receivers are already strong, you know, or if they got a strong uh, re- uh, receiver out there with a strong personality, you know. If, they, if there's already a leader out there in, on the receivers in that receiving squad, you know, To probably wouldn't be a good fit because no matter where he goes, even if it's because of his productivity or his attitude or whatever, he pretty much takes all the attention. Right. Everywhere he right. go, he pretty much takes all the attention. He get all the balls, you know. And then at some point, you know, he end up saying something about the quarterback ain't throwing him enough balls. And let's touch on this. Yeah, I know. He's got some kind of <laughs> complex. I don't know what it is, but he's got something. We can all agree with that. <laughs> wow. Uh, another, another quick game that we could touch into because we're going to talk a lot about the Cowboys on Thursday. And that was a Cowboys win of the Redskins, 33-30, to a game that they were really up uh, big before the fourth quarter. They allowed the Redskins to score 16 points in the fourth quarter to tie things up. They kick a field goal at the end and win the game, a late field goal, uh, which is a good showing of um, a resiliency from them. But Grossman, four touchdowns, 322 yards. I mean, that's Rex Grossman out there uh, getting on the defense, although we did have um, – he did have three turnovers that game. But that's 322 yards and four touchdowns from Rex Grossman. The biggest story, too, is the fact that that's Rex Grossman and not Donovan McNabb, who was benched that game. And he has a name to start for the next game. Donovan feels disrespected. Uh, quickly, Rick, what do you think about, number one, the win for the Cowboys and also Donovan McNabb not being on the field that game? Well, I mean, I, I love the win no matter how it comes. You know, I love it, period, you know, especially since it comes against the Redskins. But, you know, truthfully speaking, with Rex Grossman having four touchdowns and, you know, that team having three uh, additional turnovers, you know, that just kind of goes to speak to how long they actually had the ball and the opportunities that they had. You know, the Cowboys really should have just totally dominated that team. It should have been, you know, three and outs all over the place. That's Rex Grossman that we're talking about. But, right. you know, the Cowboys defense, man, you know, 
they just have this thing about about letting down, you know, in my opinion, towards the end of the games. It seems like towards the beginning of the games they do they do fine, but towards the end of the game it seems like they always let up, man. They need to get out of that. Mm. And some of McNabb's comments and just to touch on that real quick, is he's always he said on the uh radio show uh today, matter of fact, that everything he feels like right now has been handled awkwardly somewhat to a disrespect to me and to the team. He said he yeah. has no communication with the coaching staff at this point. He's hearing everything about him and his career as a Redskin through the media. I mean, talk to me, Charles. I mean, McNabb was a 10-year start at Philadelphia. He's been to several NFC Championship games. He's been to a Super Bowl before. I mean, he goes to the – he asked to be traded to another team within the division, being the Washington, Washington Redskins. He gets there, now he's not the starter. Can he just not beat Rex Grossman out in practice? Is that what it is? Well, <clears throat> I, I, the only thing I can say is, is I'm curious as if there was some reason that Philadelphia decided to just let him go anyway. Yeah, we knew um, that Vic still had the potential uh, to make it, but it was it was questionable. He still had to earn his position in Philly, but to let McNabb go to a division rival, I don't think you do that if you really feel like they're a valuable asset. Now, why they gave him all the money, maybe it was just a sham, but McNabb is injury prone, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's some underlying reason that hasn't surfaced yet. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something. I mean, they're making it seem like he can't even beat Rex Grossman in practice. I, f- I find that just peculiar, to say the least. I mean, what's going on in practice, Rick? He can't beat Rex Grossman, man. I think I have a chance to beat Rex Grossman in yeah, practice. It's got to be some type of standoff, man. I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, Shanahan is just kind of using this situation, knowing that they're not going to have McNabb next year. You know, I don't think they will. Maybe that's what Shanahan's plan is, you know, but he's just trying to show everybody, look, you know, I'm the man around here. You know, I will get rid of you, so you're going you're gonna to play hard and you're going to play right, and you're going to do what I say. Maybe that's that's what it is. It seems like this whole situation has just been messed up. Yeah, now I, I should I, feel disrespected. I agree with you on that. I mean, if you look at the way he's treated not just McNabb but also Albert Hainsworth, as well, making him do the physical before training camp. He can practice till he passed it. To, hey, you're not going to play the scheme you want to play, although we gave you $100 million to play your position. We don't want you playing that position. I mean, he seems like he's trying to, you know, it's a power struggle, like you said. He's trying to basically say, look, this is my team. I run it the way I run it. And if I got to step on a couple of veterans or high-paid players' toes to get it done to show these young guys that, hey, I mean business, then that's what I'm going to have to do. But in every in that respect, I think he's really sacrificing the team as a whole because they should be a better team with McNabb and Albert Hainsworth, and they're not. And he's also sacrificing the fans that are paying the money to see these two players play. I mean, they gave Albert Hainsworth a hundred million dollars. He ain't played oh, half man. a season. You know, it's ridiculous. That's it's ridiculous. bad. And 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 you know, the Redskins were really kind of smart to give Mc to um, give McNabb that deal. You know, especially with putting that clause off in there, because really what they did is just gave him more money, you know, yeah. up front, gave him just a little bit more, and then, you know, we can get rid of you at the end of the season if and they cut want. cut ties, right. And they made it available for him to cut ties when it real easy. Yeah. 
Really? Well, I mean, you have to with McNabb because he's so injury prone, man. I mean, I I think I could survive an NFL season longer than McNabb could, and, and that's just you know from the sports hernia to the to the bickering yeah. to you know to the mindset that he has. I just think he has the superstar syndrome, and one Super Bowl uh, appearance doesn't qualify you. You know, I yeah. think to you know, come into practice and lollygag. Because the Rex Grossman factor, I thought his career was finished, you know, personally. Mm-hmm. You know, after how things worked out with him and his last team. <laughs> and let's not forget, Rex Grossman did have a Super Bowl appearance also. 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 He was on the bumper, though. He was on top of the car riding right. the Super Bowl. <laughs> man. Right, exactly. Yeah, he got, he got driven to the Super Bowl. Someone drove him there. Uh, then you got a couple of other key games in the NFL. The Titans, uh, they beat the Texans 31-17. to The Texans team that now falls a 5-9. and nine. A team that we thought would be a playoff contender at the beginning of the season. Of course, their defense has been their uh, Achilles heel for this season. The Colts uh, win a must-win game against the Jaguars. They now take control of the AFC South. Jaguars had a great opportunity to come in there into, into Indianapolis and beat the Colts, take control of, the, of their division, but... The coach and Peyton Manning do it again some kind of way, somehow. And Austin Colley has another concussion after receiving two touchdowns. This is his third concussion of the season. I think someone needs to definitely take a look at what they're going to do after football, after three concussions in, in one season. I mean, that's, that's that's pretty big, don't you think? That's huge. Huge. Yeah. I mean, that it can't, it can't do anything, you know, and I hate to say it, but it can't do anything but get worse. Yeah. You know, it's a contact sport. It's yeah. a contact sport, and you're going to bump heads with people. You're going to hit your head on the ground, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, and it ain't your fault. It's just part of the game. It's part of the game. That's right. It seems like he's getting more sensitive to the hits now more than any any other time. I mean, three concussions in one season is, is, is time to sit down. Yeah, to me. Uh, then you got the Chiefs and the Rams, a, a game that the Rams need to win. They lose this game, 27-13 against the Chiefs. The Dolphins uh, play hard, but lose to the Bills, 17-14. And then, of course, let's talk about this game real quick because I want to spend a little time here, and that's the Eagles and the Giants, a, a game that was going to decide really who's going to take control wow. of the NFC East. If you guys haven't heard or seen the highlights, this is a new miracle in the new Mer- Meadowlands. Uh, basically, they were up 21 points in the fourth quarter. Eagles come back and score 21. They were actually they actually got the uh, they were down. Matter of fact, uh, going into the uh, for the win when they when they did the punt and for whatever reason the rookie punter decided not to punt the ball out of bounds and gave Deshaun Jackson a chance to to make history. And that's exactly what he did. He runs a kickoff back towards with him at the end of the game. And the Eagles win this game, man. I mean, let me just ask you guys just real quick. Who are you mad at? Are you mad at the punter for not kicking it out of bounds, or is it a team loss? Well, I mean, what do you really feel? And I ask you first, Rick. Go ahead. Definitely a team loss. I mean, without question, you know. You can you could get mad at the punter because that was very crucial. That's like that's worse than missing the, the time free throws or something or the game-winning free throws. You know, but they did come back. They scored 21 points, man, in the fourth quarter. The punter didn't do that. You know what I mean? The punter didn't do that. 
And, you know, Mike Vick, just like we was talking the other day, he is my candidate for MVP, and he showed that. Uh, he showed that out there on that field. You know, Deshaun Jackson, he's my new favorite player to to hate on. You know, <laughs> I like him. I like him, and I like watching him play, you know, and anytime I get a chance to watch him on SportsCenter, I am. But when somebody tagged that boy while he's showing out, it's going to be real funny, man. It's going to be funny because that boy will get out there and show out. That didn't make no sense. He didn't have to do that, man. <laughs> Go and run across the end zone, man. Score that money, man. <laughs> he definitely did show out. What do you think about that whole play in that game, Chosen, as far as the Eagles being able to come back from 21 down and Deshaun Jackson and uh, his big play? Well, I mean, you know, I I got to say I, I agree with the panel as it is. You know, you, you have to chalk that up to how the team played the whole game to even let it come down to a situation like that in the first place, you know, Everybody performed poorly. I mean, when you have a chance to put a team away like that and you let them come back and take the game from you, I mean, it sort of reminds me of the Giants snatching the <laughs> the trophy away from, you know, the, the undefeated Patriots in that Super Bowl. I mean, you know, I don't think they wanted it bad enough personally. That's my take on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is the Giants, man, the Giants. If nothing else, they're known for defense and being able to run the ball, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. 21 points in the fourth, please. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see how that helps the Eagles in the power rankings when we when we talk about that later in the show. I think you guys will be really be surprised by what some of our fans had to say, our listeners had to say about the power rankings as well. Let's listen real quick to some post-game comments by the Giants. This was on Monday after they had a day, after they had a day to kind of digest everything. Uh, it wasn't a real gut reaction like on Sunday was. This is more so after Co- Coach Coughlin had a chance to meet with the team and talk to the team also. So you'll hear, you'll hear him, and you also hear Antro Rowe uh, giving a prediction about what's going to happen this Sunday. 38-31 Philadelphia in the new miracle at the New Meadowlands. The Giants today trying to stop picking up the pieces. After a uh, most difficult evening, obviously, and a, a difficult morning, having to uh, look at the tape in all three phases again, uh, and to walk in here and remind all of you that uh, the team that finished those last eight minutes was also the team that played the first 52. We had a number of opportunities. There's no excuses. We had plenty of chances. I lose the games. The players win them. Everybody can blame me. You can line up at the corner and blame me. That's fine. You think you're going to make the playoffs? I don't think. I know it. I don't think it. I know it. Is that what, just because the team is good? Or because that's because that's what's going to happen. And you think that's going to happen this weekend, I guess? No, I know it's going to happen this weekend. And so you have no doubt the team can bounce back? I have no doubt. I said it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And that's Ontario Road telling you guys, we are going to make the playoffs. We're going to be in there. It's going to happen. Now, judging from what happened this Sunday, Rick, what do you think these guys' chances are really getting into the playoffs? They are uh, slated to get a wild card spot as of right now. Well, I mean, I still don't really see it, you know, being a problem with them making the playoffs. You know, I mean, they got a hold to a, a a hot dude and a hot team, you know, at the wrong time. You know, I mean, it's not the Giants 
you know, their record, you know, is enough to, you know, let them scoot their way into the playoffs. You know, they're not just out of it like that. So it wouldn't surprise me to see the Giants in there. And and, and if the Giants do get in there, you know, don't take them lightly. You know, the Giants can still play football. Mm-hmm. The year they won the Super Bowl, they barely got in as a wild card and had a chance to go all the way to uh, the Super Bowl and be the undefeated Patriots team. So you're right. You can't take them uh, for granted um, no no way, shape, or fashion. The only team that's really threatening them, threatening them right now uh, for a playoff spot would be the Packers. The Packers will have to win both games, and the Giants will have to basically lose uh, two games, or they could go to a tiebreaker if they lose one. So that's the only team they really got to worry about taking them, uh, taking their spot in the playoffs. Let's go to a couple of other NFL games real quick. We had so much NFL to talk about, and that's the Lions winning 23-20, to their first road win since 2007. That's a long time, a long time, but much deserved. They beat the Buccaneers, a team I thought would really uh, be a, have a chance to get into the playoffs and do something. But what's happening to the Buccaneers, though, Chosen? I mean, this was the hottest team uh, to start off the season. Now they're 8-6, and six, and they led a Lions team that hasn't won since 2007 get their first road win in overtime. I mean, explain that to me. What's going on with this uh, Young Bucks team? Uh, that's just it, Young. Young, you know, in the situation when you should walk down and handle your business, they want to run down and play a little bit in the sandbox. I mean, just mental mistakes, mental errors. I definitely think they're one of the most talented teams in the NFL. But just lack of execution. I mean, a game is won in the trenches, and sometimes – you know, the young blood is going to have to submit to the old school guy out there. And I think that's just what happens, you know. Chosen, what's going I mean, uh, Rick, what's going on with this uh, Young Bucks team, man? I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, young, man. I mean, just think about it, man. I mean, it, it, it's we, – we pretty much said this, you know, at the beginning of the season when they came out, you know, pretty hot. We knew that it would catch up to them, you know. And if nothing else, it's the Lions, you know, beat the Lions, handle your business, get out there right. and beat the Lions, <laughs> you know, if everybody the beats the Lions, you know, beat, your, beat the Lions, you know, and they couldn't do that, man, they couldn't do that, they went out there and took them boys lightly, they didn't take them serious, man, and that's that's just, a, you know, a sign of immaturity, be it from the players or the coach or both. Yeah, yeah, well, talk about, talk about teams that, that you need to be beating, and it's got to be the Panthers and the Cardinals. The Cardinals get their second win. They double their win total for the season. They beat the Cardinals 19-12, a home game. I mean, John Fox, is, I, I, we, I think we all can agree he's not going to be there next season. Uh, but they did get a, a win. That's a team that you have to just beat. I don't care if you're the Cardinals or whoever you are, you got to beat that team. Uh, then you have the Ravens. They win against the Saints, a Saints team that a lot of people on this show not going to name no names. I said we're a good team, and they're going to do something in the playoffs. Of course, I can't speak for Royce because he's not here, but this is one of the teams that he actually said was going to win the Super Bowl this year, and they get beat by a good Ravens team, 30-24. to I picked the Ravens to win this game. I think they're a much better team than the Saints. But let me ask you guys about this Saints team. They're not going to win the division, but they are going to get into the playoffs. What do you see in the Saints this year that you didn't see last year? and when they had such a great team last year and won a Super Bowl. But what's missing this year from the Saints, Chosen, from what you saw? 
I, I don't think anything is really just really missing with the team. Anytime a team wins a Super Bowl, that next year you you almost have to reinvent the wheel with the team to keep it together. It's just a totally different mindset. Players want more money. People want to do different things and, you know, uh, uh, better offers get made and different things like that. So you you come back with a tougher schedule next year and everybody's gunning for you. So to, to come back and make the playoffs again, when you hit the playoffs, it's over with. I, I think the Saints very well could have been undefeated last year. You know, but at the end of the day, they they threw the last three games so that they could rest their players. So this right. time it's just a dogfight. Mm-hmm. And what and for what you saw, I mean, just looking at the highlights from that game, Rick. I mean, do you think it's a better uh, testimony that the Ravens are able to beat a team like the Saints, an offensive team like that? You think that really is a good test for them, or do you see the Saints maybe losing a step from last year? Well, I, I think it's, it's it's definitely a step for the Ravens, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, I think it's a bigger thing for them. The Ravens needed that win a whole lot more, in my opinion. You know, and it it just helps the confidence of that defense. That defense has always been confident, and when they go out and do things like that, it just reassures that point to them. You know, the only thing I would actually think is missing with the Saints is the mojo. You know, that's – I mean – same players, it just seemed like last year when things needed to happen for the Saints, it happened. You know, they always played well. You know, they, they got turnovers, you know, and they, they moved the ball, they scored points, you know, and they're doing most of the same things this year. You expect teams to come out and play them a little harder since they were Super Bowl champs, you know, so you expect things to be a little tougher. But, you know, it's just, you know, the penalty calls, they're not all going the Saints' way. You know, the the big catches and, and stuff like that that they had, it's just not all happening for the Saints the same way it was last year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Luck of the draw, you know. Yeah, I think, it, I think it is a huge statement for the Ravens to be the team like the Saints because they're going to have to face some real offensive teams, namely the Patriots as an offensive team once they make it into the playoffs. So they, it's good that they beat a team like the Saints. This is uh, Coach uh, Harbaugh talking about the win against the Saints here on the RS Sports Radio Show. It was a great team victory. It also has ramifications for the playoff chase. I mean, you know, we keep the pressure on Pittsburgh this way, so we're still trying to win the division. They they have the edge because they beat us, but we're not conceding that just yet. It's the win we needed this week. We need to get 10, and we have 10, and now we need to get 11. As you see, uh, basically Coach Harbaugh is saying that we're not worried about getting a wild card. We want to win our division. Uh, they do have a chance to win the division. Matter of fact, right now the standings show that the Pittsburgh Steelers have already clinched the playoff spot at 10-4, and four, but uh, Boston Ravens are 10-4 and four also, so they have a chance to maybe even win their division here in the next uh, last two games. And this is a tough uh, tough two teams in this division. If you had to pick a team out of the Steelers and the Ravens real quick, Chosen, who would you pick? Um, i I, I got to go with Ravens. Ravens. I like the Ravens too. Who you like, uh, Rick? As far as the Ravens and the Steelers in that AFC North. Yeah, I got to go with the Ravens too, but it's it's only for the fact that you know Paul Malu is 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 out right now. Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing, and that 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 actually being Paul Malu being out did not help them at all uh, when they played the Jets. They lose to the Jets, twenty-two to seventeen. A game that I really think if Palomalo would have played, he would have had a huge factor 
in this game, especially against a guy like Sanchez, although Sanchez did not throw a touchdown all game. But I think he would have had a huge effect on that game. And I think the Steelers, by losing, they do position themselves for maybe having the Ravens overtake their top spot. But let me ask you guys real quick. I mean, we all picked the Steelers to win this game. I know me and Rick, I know me and you did. I mean, were you really expecting, you know, the Jets to come back after having those two losses back-to-back and Sanchez playing like a a rookie all over again? Were you really expecting uh, the Jets to win this game? And what does it say about the team able to bounce back against a, a team like the Steelers? I mean, not at all. I mean, I, I didn't expect for the Jets to go in there and do that. You know, I thought it was going to be the toughest thing for them to, to go in there and even step on the field with them. Uh, they they had lost a couple games, you know, just before this game, you know, and I just I thought that was a bad stretch for the Jets because I thought they was going to lose this game. Came out there and surprised them. Troy Palmolo not being out there, you know, really helped the Jets in a major way. And I do give Jets, the Jets the credit because they did go out there and take advantage of that situation, and they won. But it was it was still tough. But they went out there and won the game. So you got to give them credit for it, and it keeps the Jets alive. Yeah, it does. It really does. Now, Charles, let me ask you about this Jets team. I mean, this, them bouncing back against the Steelers was huge, not just for their standings, but also for the team and, their, and them psychologically. Do you think this is going to be that win that gets a jump start and gets them ready for the playoffs? Uh, I think the Jets, you know, did what I expected them to do at the beginning of the season. A couple of key losses this season kind of made you feel like, well, maybe they weren't going to hold up. But now that it's time to play, they showed everybody like at the beginning of the season that that they are the team to look out for. So I'm rolling with them, definitely. Mm. And let's listen to a couple of comments for some of the Jets players after that big win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, like you said, it was two losses and tough, tough uh, losses in the division. And uh, we knew we had to have this one coming into a tough environment. We didn't want to uh, lose three straight, and we got it done today. You know, we made it interesting again. Let them drive down to about the nine-yard line, and and uh, you know, playing against a team like this with Roethlisberger, he's going to do that. He's going to extend plays and run around a little bit, buy some time, and and uh, that's just how he is. And we knew that coming in, he had to stay out there and be relentless. And it was. It was a good team effort. Um, a lot to correct, though, and we understand that. The Steelers are certainly missing safety trips. That's what. Uh, that's some of the comments, real quick, from some of the Jets players, real fast, talking about that win against the Steelers and how they need this game to kind of bounce back and win. A couple of the quick uh, NFL scores. We'll speed through these right fast. The Bears destroy the Vikings, forty to fourteen, a game that none of us thought Favre was gonna even play the game. He does get the start to start a streak over. Although it doesn't last the game, gets knocked out uh, with a concussion, doesn't finish the game, and of course the uh, Packers beat the Packers lose to the Patriots, thirty-one to twenty-seven. We'll talk about Matt Flynn later on in the show. He did have three TDs. They did play the Patriots tough, although they had a chance to win it at the end. And Matt Flynn made a rookie mistake with his clock management, didn't give the uh, team a good chance to win that game. The Falcons keep rolling, thirty-four to eighteen over the Seahawks. And the Raiders beat up on the Broncos 39-23 in uh, Tim Tebow's first start. He had 138 yards and one touchdown thrown. We'll take a quick commercial break real fast. We'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit about this Roger Goodell interview and react to some of the stuff he said about collective bargaining, about the 18-game schedule, and also about my MVP candidate, Michael Vick. We'll talk about some of the other MVP candidates out there 
And, of course, we've got a lot more Mavs talk to uh, talk about as well. You're listening to the RF Sports Radio Show. Tonight we have our co-host Rick and also Chosen Live with us on the show. If you guys want to line up for calls, 323-927-2906. We'll see you guys in a minute after this commercial break. Hi, this is Pastor Monica Wallace. I want to personally invite you to Kingdom Encounter every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com slash kingdom encounter each and every Sunday at 5 p.m. Hear what the kingdom has to offer you and have your own encounter. That's blogtalkradio.com slash kingdom encounter. Sundays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time with me, Pastor Monica Wallace, and may God bless you. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm here live with my good friend, CEO and creator of LawApps.com, Jared Rice. Why don't you let everyone know exactly what LawApps.com is? It's a mobilized version of an attorney's regular website so that people can access the site on mobile phones like smartphones, whether it be HTC, iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or Palm, or any Windows-based system. So why does an attorney need LawApps.com? Well, if you have a regular website and people are pulling it up on their mobile phone, obviously they can't see it. So if you don't have a mobilized version of your site, you're missing out on millions of customers. And, you know, for business, that's not a good thing, especially in 2011. So what's the best way for people to get in contact with LawApps.com? Go to our website at LawApps.com, and apps is spelled with a Z on the end, not an S. Or they can give us a call at our toll-free number, 1-888-974-6784. That's 1-888-974-6784. And it's LawApps.com, L-A-W-A-P-P-Z.com. Get your law firm out of the dark ages. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. Do you have a business, a product, a service, or a website, and you need more customers? Advertise with the fastest-growing Internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide. Don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world. Email me at rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. We have options for every budget, and don't let business pass you by. Calling all models, models. calling all actors, Actors. all music artists, calling all comedians Comedians. and producers. I got a question for you. Have you been having trouble finding gigs, and not just gigs, but paid gigs? Well, if that's you, look no further. We've got the perfect solution for your problem. Go to webookgigs.info right now. Sign up and create your profile. And let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get updates about shows and paid gigs sent directly to your personal Twitter, Facebook, email, and your phone. Now, the best thing about webookgigs.info is it's absolutely no cost to sign up. So what are you waiting for? Don't delay. Webookgigs.info right now. Right now. So, Brian, you play defense and special teams for the Dallas Cowboys. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so as a defensive player, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that you hate penetration. Now, Brian, why do you hate penetration so much? <laughs> it's not good, and it puts the, uh, puts the defense in an uncomfortable position. It puts his what? In an uncomfortable position. Well, that is not good. 
uh, okay, normally when it's game time, you put a hat on, but I was wondering, did you ever think about saying F the Surgeon General and just hitting the field raw dog? <laughs> Have you ever given that any thought? No, not at all. <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> well, you ought to think about that sometime. Also, I think everyone wants to know what Brian McCann's take on ball control is. <laughs> Definitely got to improve on, on my ball control anyway. On your ball control on or off the field? <laughs> on the field. Got to work on my ball control on the field. But off the field, things are said to be okay. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're fine. They're, they're, they're fine. Okay, well, you heard it here from Brian McCann. He uh, evidently doesn't like penetration, but his ball control off the field is okay. <laughs> that was a quick uh, minute with the ladies, man. That's my good buddy uh, Casey Miller from 1310, the ticket, and his uh, little bit that he does with the ladies, man. I want to let everyone know, too, you can find him and also everyone on this show at the uh, buttnakedsportsparty.com. Uh, they're getting ready to start broadcasting the show pretty soon. What do you guys think about the ladies, man? That was funny. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. I started choking over here trying to keep myself from laughing, man. That was funny, man. <laughs> yeah, he's got I know Brian McCain had to be thrown off about that, man. I know he yeah. did. Yeah, he definitely was. He definitely was. Uh, but you can guys can check him out and all his other funny stuff that he has at uh, buttnakedsportsparty.com. And check in on Casey. Let's go ahead and get into another quick topic. We're going to talk about this Roger Goodell interview. If you guys are listening to us live, you're more than welcome to jump in, 323-927-2906, if you want to get in. And I'm going to play for you guys a couple of clips. I want to get you guys' reaction to what he's saying uh, to some of the things. And this is an interview that he did with Bob Costas on Sunday night, uh, right before the football game. And his first comment he made was about concussions in the NFL. Bob asked him a really good question about what he would say to parents that have uh, players out there playing right now. So this is Bob Costas' interview with Roger Goodell on Sunday Night Football here on the R Sports Radio Show. What would you say to the parents of an athletically gifted 12- or 13-year-old boy who say, Mr. Commissioner, we are lifelong NFL fans. We love the game. But knowing what we know now about the risk of catastrophic injury and perhaps the long-term effects, we're not going to allow our son to play football. What would you say? Well, I hear talk to those parents, and I think uh, what's happening in the NFL is there a great awareness to concussions and the proper treatment for those injuries. And we have to do everything we can to make our game safer, but also every other sport. Concussions happen in other sports, and they happen in life. And we have to make sure that we're doing everything possible to treat those properly. And I think when you do, uh, you can go on and live, obviously, a very healthy life. And that's what we're all interested in doing. Here are Roger Goodell's comments about concussions. I want to ask you guys real quick to get your take on uh, the concussion factor in the field. We just got to talking about Austin Collie having his third concussion of the year. Uh, of course, uh, Brett Favre went out this week with a concussion. It seems like it's been a huge topic, you know, this year, of course, a little bit last year, but more so this year in the NFL. It, have these things been happening all along, but now the spotlight is on a concussion, or are we just seeing players, you know, getting more concussions now than any other time? Uh, Chosen, what do you think? you think it's just the, the sign of the times, or have these concussions always been happening throughout the course of the NFL? Uh, uh, obviously, of course, 
I mean, it, when it started, the helmets were nowhere near like they are now. But I mean, I just think that's the that's the brute of the sport, and you know, people are just trying to get with the new wave. But I mean, football is is nowhere near as dangerous as hockey, in my opinion. When people just outright brawl or boxing, so I think it'll just be something that passes. Now, Rick, what do you think about this whole take with the concussions and how the spotlight's been on that so much this year in the NFL? Well, I mean, I think it's a, a combination of a lot of stuff. You know, I mean, I agree. It is the, the, the root of the sport. But it's it's not like, you know, people haven't been, you know, getting concussions before. They have, you know, way back when and, you know, the long-term effects, you know, that's how they're finding out about, you know, some of these cases. You know, they're just not getting aware of this stuff. But then at the same time, you know, guys are getting bigger, they're getting faster, you know, and they're getting stronger, you know, and, you know, the head, I mean, how how strong can the head be? You know, yeah. I mean, that's not, you know, people are just taking hits in the head, and, it's, you know, that's just kind of how it is. It's part of the game. Yeah, I think it's something that's been going on for a long time. I think, like you said, with the advances in technology, we've had a chance now to look at the concussion in a totally different way than we had before in the past. A lot of times the guys that get a concussion, we'll just say they got their bell rung and put them right back in the game. I can remember even when I was playing high school football and peewee football, you get your bell rung, you sit out for a little bit, and you get right back in the game. But I think with the technology that we have, of course the spotlight's going to get a whole lot bigger um, about the concussions and stuff as well. Another thing that he did talk about was the collective bargaining agreement and also the 18-game schedule, which is a big debate right now. If you guys don't know, if you haven't been following the story, the uh, the owners want an 18-game schedule so they can have more regular season games. Uh, they, they have been saying that the fans want the 18-game schedule. They don't want so many preseason games. The players, a lot of players are against it. Charles Woodson was outspoken about that on Sunday. Several players, Tro Palomalu, have always been outspoken and against this because it is such a violent sport. We just talked about concussions and everything else that's happening. So this is Roger Goodell's take on the 18-game uh, schedule coming next year, possibly in the NFL. I understand that player safety has always got to be the priority, and it will be. Uh, but we are playing a 20-game format. Uh, it's clear from both the players and our fans that preseason is not something they're interested in. And unfortunately, players get in, in the preseason also. We have to go back and look at everything we're doing, from preparing our players in the off-season, the training camps, to the regular season, to make sure we're doing everything we can to make it safe. But we also have to make sure we take our game forward and into the future and figure out a way to do it responsibly. If you go to 18 games, do you add an extra bye week? Do you expand rosters? All of those things are under consideration. They've been evaluated over the last couple of years. We're talking with the Players Association on those issues. Uh, I think you do have to do some of those things. I think expanded rosters is something that uh, we've been very upfront with the, with the union. Here's another consideration. If you play 18 games and you push the regular season deep into January, you're going to have some games involving teams that are out of the race in bitter weather conditions, and you're going to have some empty seats, maybe even even you're going to have some people saying, 
If two or three of these nine home games that I'm buying as part of the season ticket package are going to be in brutal January conditions, and I don't think my team is any good, I'll just stay home with my high-def TV. Well, Bob, I think you know one of the things that our fans are saying is we don't like preseason games. We don't like meaningless games, and we don't like games where we're not seeing the players we want to see. And that's what we're trying to address. We're going to have to be sensitive to those issues. Getting people into our stadium, our fans, has become more challenging as you do a better job on television and there's greater technology at home. But the experience here that you're feeling tonight, there's nothing like being in an NFL game on a night like tonight. This is exciting. Two things I want to point out from that little quick segment from the interview that he did with Bob Costas on Sunday night on NBC. One was the 18-game schedule. He did talk about perhaps expanding rosters. I think you have to do that. And also adding another bye week. So I'm going to get you guys' take on that. The second part of that, of that quote or that, of, uh, of that interview segment was the fact that he is addressing the problem that no one's going to the games. Everyone's staying at home, high-def television. I mean, we all own one. I mean, we nothing like watching the game. You watch the replays. You watch the analysis. So he addresses that, too. And if they do have an 18-game schedule, they will go into January. It's going to be very, very cold in some very, very cold places, and a lot of people are going to be staying at home. Let's take a couple of callers real quick on the subject real fast. Uh, let me bring in the caller on the line. Caller, your last four digits, I will identify you by the last four digits of your phone number, 2459. Uh, caller, you're live on the RF Sports Radio Show. RF, what's happening? Hey, how's it going? The Iceman. Ice, how you doing, man? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Good to hear from you. If you guys don't know who this is, this is the Iceman. He's got a show on Blog Talk Radio as well. I see you want to jump in on this, on this Roger Goodell thing. What do you think about the 18 game schedule? Uh, I definitely think it's going to happen, RF. Uh, no question about it. It's going to be one of the negotiation. You know, um, I, I think the players are going to hammer this. Uh, Big time because it is it's going to be one of the you know they're bargaining uh, um, I guess uh, the toughest thing they can mm-hmm. uh, get some leverage with you know um, right you know you're talking you know it's big money you know there's two extra games and uh, that's I think the the biggest thing in their bargain agreement that's coming up is the two games and uh, regardless you know if Goodell's trying to push off the preseason, you know, they're going to cut down. But still, it's big because, you know, preseason is one thing because you don't even play half the game anyway, you know. So uh, you're talking 18 games and, uh, you know, one thing about the concussion, they definitely have to change the the helmet. That's the main thing. I mean, those guys are – Flying around, and mm-hmm. you know these guys—they're they're getting flagged, they're getting fined, and it seems like they're getting faster every week. Mm. Yeah, you're right. You know? You're right about that. But so, so I mean, it's like a missile coming at you. These guys are like—I mean, it's it's really unbelievable. And uh, so, I think it's some, an equipment issue, rather, you know, with the uh, the helmet, the helmet contact. That that's definitely just an equipment issue that they got to get fixed. You know, you, you can't take hitting out of football. I mean, you know, it, you just can't do it. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, some of the hits that you're saying, um, you know, 
you get different opinions. Some are intentional. They're not intentional. I mean, you, you got guys ducking. They they can't see. They're ducking their heads and hitting. And then the next thing, you know, you got a receiver getting carried off the field. It's happening every week. So um, it's unfortunate, but it's football. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's the way it is. I mean, you go back and just look at when they're playing with leather helmets on. All right. So, you know, it, the guys playing are going to make the adjustments. I mean, if you got a helmet that's going to protect you, you're just going to hit harder. Yeah, you know? you're right about that. Let me ask you while I got your line. This is we're on with with Iceman from Iceman Sports. He's got a show on Blog Talk Radio as well. I'm glad you called in because I want to get your opinion on the new miracle in the new Meadowlands. <laughs> you know, get or your, uh, get, get your reaction on that because I know you up there with a, some angry fans up there in New York. Yeah, well, I got a couple. I got a couple notes here that I wanted to touch on. Uh, the MVP. I actually have a show coming up. And next, uh, actually tomorrow on the MVP to NFL, which yeah. uh, they'll be interested. Um, also, the uh, uh, you guys were talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Ravens. I'll get into, but yeah, I mean, this has to go down. The miracle in the Meadowlands, the, the new miracle, as one of the all-time, I mean, goofs really in coaching. Um, <laughs> And I just glanced over, like, after the game, and I saw a replay, which I didn't see, you know, right after the game, and I saw Coughlin storming the field and going after, the, you know, his punter. Um, it was the guy, Matt, whatever. Uh, yeah, Matt was, Matt <laughs> was trying to there. dodge the media. Um, but I'm thinking this guy is such a bozo. I mean, if if you're following a game, you're watching a game, all right, I'm watching the game. Eight, eight minutes and change left. Okay, first of all, uh, Vic comes in, throws a 65-yard touchdown pass to uh, Selleck, which I can't understand right off the bat why they're getting behind a defense down three touchdowns. Okay, forget that. They score. It's 31-17. There's seven minutes or seven and a half minutes left. So. I mean, you guys listening, if the Eagles kick the ball deep, they lose that game. I mean, it's 31-17, seven and a half minutes. If they kick the ball deep, they lose. Okay, so their only shot is the onside kick. And if you watch the replay, Eagles kick the ball, all the Giants are running back to defend the ball. There was a... I mean, forget even hands-on, you know, to bring the hands-on team. It's just it's just unbelievable. I, I can't yeah. – I just really can't comprehend that move. Yeah, and then Coughlin goes – I'm watching him. He goes over to his special teams coach and starts asking him, well, it's not the special teams coach's job to get his team in position. That's the head coach's job. So, yeah, he's uh, – He's a total buffoon. Not only that, then at the end of the game, they, they're punted to Deshaun Jackson. Why don't they just pooch kick it? Yeah. And then have their Out of bounds. Yeah, no. But just pooch kick it like 15, 20, 30. There's only 10 seconds left or whatever there was when they kicked the ball. Yeah. Pooch kick it 15, 20, 30 yards straight down the field. And you know how your defenders swarm the ball. You, you, you're trying to, like, 
tempt the the uh, you know receiving team to pick the ball up, which they're not going to because they might fumble it. It's just an unbelievable game. I mean, you give the Eagles credit, but on the flip side of that, <laughs> Andy Reid got off the hook because he didn't uh, throw that challenge flag, which is another. Oh, I, I yeah. just can't, you know. But um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a really interesting game, man. Definitely. And you got this MVP show coming up, so I want you to take a chance and listen to what Roger Goodell said about one of the MVP candidates coming up, and that's Michael Vick. Uh, This is what he had to say about Vick on uh, Sunday's interview show. Well, I think anyone would say that what he was involved with was horrific. Uh, But I also believe that uh, when someone recognizes their mistakes, take responsibility, they're accountable. He earned the opportunity for a second chance, and he's demonstrating, not just on the field, what he's doing to live his life. And I'm proud of what he's doing off the field. Obviously, he's had an extraordinary season on the field, and I'm glad for that. I see Roger Goodell talking about Michael Vick and how proud he is that he's been able to change things around and get things rolling. I stay right where you at, man, because I want to get your comments on a few other things real quick. But uh, Rick and Chosen, I got you guys back on the line and we got to bring on uh, another person real quick, fresh, fresh back, and and calling in and ready to get back on the show. And that's Royce. Royce, how you doing, man? Hey, fellas, what's going on? Hey, Royce, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, my man? Yeah, I had to go. Uh, I had to go celebrate my 36th wedding anniversary. Boy, that's a peak within itself. Uh, seemed like I should get the MVP of husband, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Ten- 36 years is a long time. But I, I want to comment a, a minute on that 18-game uh, thing. I don't think they're going to make the season any longer. What I think they'll do is just take away two preseason games and make instead of four, they have two, which will make the season end at exactly at the same time of the year. So I think that's how they're going to address that. Preseason is too long. It's a waste of uh, uh, time. Uh, four games, I mean, if you can't find out between practices and and many camps and a two-game season that the guys are ready to play, then you're in trouble anyway for the rest of the season. And on the uh, concussions and attitudes, you know, it, it's taken this long to realize the effect that football has on the player when he retires. I think now we're seeing the guys that played in the 70s and 80s and the late 60s now uh, uh, retire and get of age, and they have all kind of elements from uh, football. If you notice, most of them are in pretty bad shape, no insurance, you know, and uh, I think that's what it is, the long-term effect, because you have to play a long time, you have to wait for people to get old before you really find out the long-term effects of what really football has on you. And, you, and you're right, uh, you both both you guys are right about the end, the size of these guys. I mean, these linemen are 300 pounds, these running backs are built like linemen, you know, and these guys are hitting different, but every so often, just like they had the hammer, used to do the clothesline, the Roy Williams, the horse collar t- tackle. You know, every once in a while they got to change the game because these guys find new ways of tackling, new ways of hitting. And uh, they just don't tackle like we learned in peewee football, you know. And, and that's to help them because they don't want to get hurt. And it's also to put pain and, and to cause guys to fumble. So that's a big difference in football. But yeah, I'm glad to be back on the show. And, uh, We're glad you're back, man. You. We're definitely uh, glad you're okay. back. We've been talking a lot of football. Let me bring on a quick caller real quick, and then we'll get into a couple of more things. Uh, we have a huge show going on right now. we got Ice calling in from the, from up north. we got Rick on the line, Chosen, 
And Royce is back, so we're having a huge show right now. Let's bring on a quick caller real fast. Uh, 8611, you're live on the RS Sports Radio Show. What's your comment? What's going on, RS? I wanted to get your opinion, man, on uh, what you think about college athletes being paid. For, uh, about college athletes being paid? Yeah, what, what do you, you know think what? about that? Uh, what do you think about the NCAA paying athletes? I mean, considering they make billions of dollars a year in revenue. Right, and right. And these are the reason for, for that even occurring. What do you think about that? Well, you know what? I think I think, I think think it's got to be some kind of way to get it done. Now, the, here's the question. The, the problem is the reason why they can't do it is because, you know, what what's going to be the pay scale? You have certain players that are more popular than others, so what's going to be the pay scale? Is it going to be a pay scale for freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors? Is it going to be uh, something besides money? Is it going to be, you know, because cause a guy, say, for instance, if I'm a top recruit guy, I don't want to get paid the same amount of money as a guy that's just playing on the bench, although we may have came in on the same scholarship. So that's, I think, what's, I think that's the biggest issue about how to pay these players because no one knows how to pay them and how to pay them fairly. Well, I think I think it should be a performance-based pay. I don't think uh, I, I don't think it should be a, a deal where you know, okay, you're playing college football, so you get paid. I don't think it should be in the millions of dollars, you know, like NFL athletes are paid. But I think it should be some type of a start starter deal where, you know, you got a coach like Lane Kiffin who's making millions and millions of dollars a year right. to coach a college football team. But the players have to follow behind a guy who's making millions to coach them, but they're they're doing it for free while they sit back and watch the school make millions upon billions of dollars, you know, letting people watch them play. And plus I think they're selling, uh, plus they're selling their jerseys and everything. Yeah, I understand right, that what you're saying. Right. And see, I think what it, where it starts is I think you know, like the NFL has the Players Association. I think the NCAA ought to have a Players Association that represents the players on their behalf. And I think you know, if you have a guy like Reggie Bush, for instance, who's a national celebrity before he even makes the big money in the NFL, I think a guy like him should be protected under certain clauses and, and contracts uh, with the school. Uh, that ensures that he will get a piece or, you know, some type of profit off the fact that he is a reason why they're making money. Because in any business that I've ever heard of, if you help or find a way for someone to make money, you're going to be entitled to a piece of that money. And I just think, you know, especially taking away an achievement like the Heisman Trophy from a, from a guy who obviously is one of the greatest running backs in college history, is just a big blow to any sport or profession for that matter. But I just didn't know how you guys felt about that because I, I just, you know, well, yeah, we I mean, we each topic. Yeah, we, we thank you for the bringing that topic up. Let me get some reaction from a couple of other guys on the panel. We thank you for your call. Stay on, stay on with us, on the line with us. Uh, Rick, what's your reaction to that question about college football players getting, getting paid that we got addressed by the caller? Well, I mean, I, I think that it would actually be, you know, a good thing. I don't know if they should go as far as, you know, what the what the caller was saying, you know what I mean? That really makes it, you know, a whole lot like a business. And traditionally it is college football. You know, I would think that if they were able to do it, then it would be a standard pay. You know, freshmen get so much, you know, junior, sophomores, juniors, and seniors get so much no matter who you are, what school you go to. 
you know, and it should be something all the way across the board. But then at the same time, if you do something like that, you have to 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 put in the laws and stuff that we were talking about earlier to keep the agents from coming in and subsiding that money. Those who feel like they should be making more money, they're just getting it from agents or whatever the case is. You know, it's that that's the kind of stuff that you still need to worry about. Mm. And, Royce, what do you think about that whole issue? Well, you know, right now I've always been for paying these athletes. You know, it had to be like a pay scale on the uh, freshman, sophomore, junior, and seniors. But you also have to think about, you know, we we always talk about the guys that do get drafted and make right. the big sum of money. What about the guys that play four years and end up with nothing? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that works out both, you know, it works out for them too. At least you, after playing four years of college football, you have something to start out your right. life with, you know, right. everybody doesn't well, get well, drafted. Well, let's, let's, let's remember that these schools are telling these athletes that, hey, we're giving you education. You know, so well, you know, that's, and, and, that's and well about the education it. thing, they, they're actually, the education is free anyway because the highest tuition is and all the other students are paying for that tuition for their students. So really, you know, it's, 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 it's free, but it doesn't cost the school anything. I mean, they're making money off of these guys. They come to your house, they actually take your kid away. I mean, they sit down with the parents, they promise all these things. And what if your kid gets hurt his freshman year and can't play another down of football? I mean, you know, uh, he ends up with nothing, you know, maybe education. But we know these guys don't take anything but physical ed. They don't take hard classes. They major in yeah. psychology. You know, very few of them go on to get degrees that they could use in the, in the future. So I, I, I think it's going to come one day. Right. Yeah. Let me let me take another caller real quick, and I'm going to get Ice's uh, reaction to that question about college football players uh, being paid. Let's take a caller real fast. Five two six nine. You're live on the RF Sports Radio Show. Hey, uh, what's going on, everybody? How's everybody hey, doing? Chris, Chris on the line. Chris. Chris, what's going on, man? Slow motion, man. Uh, to piggyback on what y'all was saying, man. I mean that that I, that's my comment is that. Uh, they are getting an education. I mean, you 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 know, Russ, you got a dollar in college. You know how much that costs. You know right. what I mean? I mean, they they getting a free education basically. I mean, nowhere else are you gonna be able to go to these, you know, top notch schools, Ivy League schools, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac Ten, whatever you want to call them. I mean, and, and go to these schools with all these great education and great possibilities. But I mean, of course, their eyes on football. Of course, you know, but. I mean, they are getting a free education as far as them getting paid. I mean, dude, you look at every look at everybody else's bills of what they got there when they go to school every year, versus them. They walk in there and just everything is done. Mm-hmm. How many how many Rodney, you went to college? How many hours you spend in the office trying to get stuff ready for school? Uh, plenty of plenty of time, plenty of time. Uh, okay, so how many times you seen the jocks in there doing the same thing? Uh, never. <laughs> Thank you. Never. That's what I'm saying is they, they basically getting an education. As far as them getting paid, you're already getting paid as far as I'm concerned. They're paying for your education and they're paying for your convenience. Your life is convenient as I'll get out. Who's got an easier college life than an athlete besides maybe a, a top-notch fraternity or something, you know what I mean? But, I mean, it's, it's, they they getting paid as far as I'm concerned. They shouldn't be no pay at all, no uh, league and all that kind of stuff for for them trying to you know make that money. I mean they they already getting paid. They get free education. 
Yeah, let me get some comments from Ice. Ice, we're joined by Ice from Ice Man Sports, another show here on Blog Talk Radio. Real quick, what do you think about this whole college players getting paid deal? You know, I think they're definitely going to have to do something uh, in the near future. You know, I, I guess what they can do is um, just like any negotiation with, uh, say, you know, like a free agent contract. Um, I, I think you set the, uh, you know, say the payroll, uh, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, all say, you know, a kid coming in. Fifty thousand a year. Um, now, it's got to be what the university wants to pay the individual. You know, say stud quarterback. It's it's you know heavily recruited. The top, you know, money he can get is fifty thousand a year plus everything else paid for, full scholarship, fifty grand, and then that's the max. So, just say you got a, a school like USC, Oklahoma, that's coming after this kid, the most he can get is 50000 plus everything paid for, something like that. And then the scale set for, you know, like um, uh, was it Rick or Royce was saying, you know, a kid is playing four years and he's going home with, you know, a jacket. Um, yeah. that's, that's the way it is. It's, that's the pay scale. So some guys are not going to get paid anything. And you have to yeah, you have to be one of the top recruits to – um, you know, get paid, that's fine because, I mean, face it, look, all these guys are getting money. I mean, go go back to Penn State and, you know, Joe Paterno when he had, um, who was it, um, uh, Larry Johnson. You know, Larry yeah. Johnson comes in and he says, yeah, I'm, I'll go to Penn State. You give my father a job. Boom. Wow. You know, Larry Johnson's uh, father's coaching on Penn State, so – you know, it's all about negotiations, and, you know, it is. It's a business just like anything else. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to sooner or later, you know, uh, pay the kids, but you have to structure it where it's not going to be like helter-skelter and out of control, you know. So, yeah. you know, but definitely I think something's going to happen sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Let's take a quick commercial break real quick, fellas, and uh, get reset. Because I want to get your comments, Ice, if you got time, on your MVP vote. Who's going to get your MVP vote? Because I have a guess as well. And we'll debut our power rankings also. We took a poll of all the guests on the show, all the panelists on the show, and also took a poll of all of our listeners. We tabulated the votes, and now we got a full power ranking for the NFL for the top five. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. Let's take a quick commercial break real fast, and we'll be right back on the R Sports Radio Show. From Rifleman, Smoke in the City, available now. Album features Blow Fly, Mayhem, Kenfo Jack, and the Grit Boys, with many, many others. Also featuring production from super producer, none other than Big Chris. Available now at all of your favorite online retailers iTunes, Amazon, Napster, Rhapsody, 7 Digital, E Music, and every other major online retailer that you can think of. Don't wait, go pick up Smoke in the City now. It's Blazing! This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm here live with my good friend, CEO and creator of LawApps.com, Jared Rice. Why don't you let everyone know exactly what LawApps.com is? 
so that people can access the site on mobile phones like smartphones, whether it be HTC, iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or Palm, or any Windows-based system. So why does an attorney need LawApps.com? Well, if you have a regular website and people are pulling it up on their mobile phone, obviously they can't see it. So if you don't have a mobilized version of your site, you're missing out on millions of customers. And, you know, for business, that's not a good thing, especially in 2011. So what's the best way for people to get in contact with LawApps.com? Go to our website at LawApps.com, and apps is spelled with a Z on the end, not an S. Or they can give us a call at our toll-free number, 1-888-974-6784. That's 1-888-974-6784. And it's LawApps.com, L-A-W-A-P-P-Z.com. Get your law firm out of the dark ages. And we are back again with another packed show today. We got so much going on. We got so many callers in queue. This has been a huge show. We had a special guest join us tonight as well. That's Ice with Iceman Sports. I got Rick on the line. I got Royce back from a night of whining and dining for his anniversary. Glad to have him back. I got Chosen on the line as well. Chris on the line also. We got a packed show for you guys. Now, let me just give you guys a premise for what we did. We were going to come up with our very first uh, NFL power ranking system. So what I did was I asked Rick, Royce, Chosen, uh, Chris, a bunch of NFL minds that I trust uh, to really come up with a top five uh, for the NFL teams as they are right now for this season. So what I did is took everyone's votes into consideration, came up with a point system, and awarded points based on wherever you put your team at. So if we put them in number one, they got more points, two, three, four, five, and so on and so on. So let me give you guys the results, and this is the very first RF Sports Radio NFL Power Rankings. Coming in number one. Should we start with one, Royce, or should we start with five? Let's start with number one. Okay, starting number one came in as the Patriots. They had 33 points on our point system. They're ranked number one as far as the power records are concerned. Our number two team in the power rankings with 24 points was the Philadelphia Eagles. And the number three team with 19 points was the Falcons. And just barely edging out the Steelers for the fourth place was the Ravens, and the Steelers finished the fifth. So you got the Pats, Eagles, Falcons, Ravens, Steelers as the top five for our very first NFL power ranking system. Now, other teams that people voted for that didn't quite make it, the Jets only finished with eight points. They were a close. Uh, they finished number six. The Bears finished with seven points. They finished at seven. And also the um, the Cowboys, for some reason, somebody put them in as a number one team. It wasn't me. I promise it wasn't me. Uh, they finished with five points. And then someone actually voted for Miami and for San Diego also as well, too. So that's our NFL power rankings for, for now. And that's the Patriots, the Eagles, the Ravens. I'm sorry, the Patriots, Eagles, Falcons, Ravens, Steelers. Now, Royce, what do you think about that ranking? Well, you know, Ronnie, I, I kind of agree with that, but I don't know how the Cowboys made the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured you would say something like that. I figured you would say something like that. But, Rick, what do you think about that list from what you saw? Now, one thing I did see is the Bears barely – the Bears weren't really that close. The Jets, you know, had a better chance than the Bears, but the Bears are a good team, though, right? 
Yeah, the, the Bears are a good team, you know. But, you know, to be honest with you, the surprise for me, you know, was that the Steelers actually stayed in the top five, you know, considering that, that Troy Palomalo was out. You know, that's a that's a pretty big deal for the Steelers, you know. So, in my opinion, you know, I would have gave a nod to the Jets to, to squeak in at that last spot. Mm-hmm. And, Chris, I got to ask you, man, how you feel about your pages being number one in our power rankings? Well, you act like I was going to be somewhere else on the power ranking. I mean, what did, what did you, where did you, where did you think we was going to sit at? You know what I'm saying? Well, we ain't going to sit I'm, at the bottom. I'm going to leave my vote out of it, you know, because I, cause I, I, had it, I had it weighed a little bit differently. So I'm, I'm going to leave my vote out of it a little bit. But they did win pretty much unanimously to be the number one uh, power rate team right now. But I think what was surprising, right. too, was the fact that they had the Eagles number two. Although they're not the best right team in the in the NFC right now, but what do you think, Chris, about them coming up number two over the over the Falcons? Uh well, that's 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 interesting. I voted for Atlanta to come in number two, just kind of based off of their record. But I mean, it's, it's really kind of hard to put anybody on that list from the from the the NFC man, because I mean, they they just kind of playing weak. Besides the Eagles and the Falcons, I mean, they, who else is there to talk about? Ain't nobody else to talk about, and and um, I well, and then again, the Rick, I, I I don't see how Rick can put the Jets above the Steelers though. The Jets ain't scored in like how many quarters? Well, they scored. They scored this past Sunday. They, they beat they beat the Steelers this past Sunday. I, that's what yeah, I'm saying. I know, but how many quarters did it take them to score? And I put him in for the fact that Troy Palomalu is not going to be playing for the Steelers back there. That's going to hurt the Steelers. But the, but the Jets can't even score. Hey, well, they just beat the Steelers. They just beat the Steelers, that's true. <laughs> they did just beat the Steelers. Yeah, yeah that's you all right about That you all right about I, I, I can't argue out. with that. Let me get Ice's comments on this. Ice, you heard our first uh, – Power rankings for the NFL from the show based on votes that we received from listeners and also from our votes as well. You have the Patriots number one, then the Eagles, then the Falcons, Ravens, and the Steelers. So what do you think about that ranking system? Well, you got one right. <laughs> <laughs> and which one is that? Yeah, definitely, I mean, the the Patriots right now, yeah, they're. I guess they got to be the favorite. Um yeah, you, I don't. You, you can't have the Eagles. You can't have the Eagles second at this point. Um, you know, even though I, I don't know what's uh, Palomalu, what's his? Um, uh, I guess is, is he coming back all this? Year? What, what's the? You know, is he playing is he this week? Is, is he coming well, back? Yeah, for the- they're skept- They're actually skeptical about him playing the rest of the season. So I mean, wow. including playoffs. Yeah, well, well, but, well I mean, I think he'll be back for that. the playoffs. I think, I think if he's skeptical now, we could, we could just assume he'll be back for the playoffs. Okay, so well, I think that comes into consideration because you know what? I mean, the Jets, yeah, that was a win, but I mean, you got to face it, Troy, he flies all over the field. He's their defensive um, MVP. Yeah, and. You know, I I really think if he played, they win the ball game. You know, but I mean, okay, the Jets win. You got to give them credit. Um, but you know, like someone else said on the record, Royce. You know, <laughs> the Jets they won 
one touchdown in 19 or you know 12 quarters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the list is good. It's just I think you know what? Just I don't think you can put the Eagles over the Falcons, even though that the right, Eagles right. did beat Atlanta head to head. Right. But right. One, see, here's the key, and it goes back. You know. All of us been watching football for years, and, and you know what? You just just look at even with the Saints last year, the dome team. See, Atlanta has the advantage. You know, they don't have to go to Green Bay in the playoffs. They don't have to go to Philadelphia in the playoffs. So, right. you know, that's that's the big key. You, you know, so now, you know, and, and it's funny because I did a show about like a four or five weeks ago, and I said, wouldn't it be ironic if Michael Vick takes the Philadelphia Eagles into Atlanta for the NFC Championship game? Wow, wow. And, uh, really, I mean, that it's just unbelievable. And, you know, you, you, you had a clip with Roger Goodell there, uh, RF, and you know what? Like, you had a lot of people out there that didn't want to give Michael Vick a chance. And I'm hearing it over and over. You know, he did these bad things. He don't deserve to play. And I'm like, you know what? These are the same people. They're like hypocrites. You know what? I'm so glad that he got a chance, you know, to prove himself. And you know what? It's just a great story. Michael Vick is truly a great story for the NFL. It is. And, uh, you know, Goodell, he, he, he had, you know, he was on the hot seat there. He had to make the decision and all. And Andy Reid, Jeffrey Lurie, you know, they stepped up. They backed Michael Vick. And I think, you know, one of the factors was was Andy Reid, you know, he had problems with his kids on drugs and the second chance. You know, but, uh, yeah, great story, though, for Michael Vick. And, and he has been a class act through this whole season. And for the people – who, you know, at the beginning it's against him. Well, you know what? Hey, I, I say shame on them because he's proven everybody wrong. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah. On that. Let me ask you this, guys. While we got you guys online, we got about nine minutes left in the program. Now you heard our power rankings. Let's talk real quick about NFL MVP and ice. I know you got a show coming up about specifically about that topic, but I want to ask these guys too. It's been a two-man race up until this point. You know, if you turn on any sports broadcast, whatever, you're going to be talking about two individual players, and that's Tom Brady and that's Michael Vick. So quickly, you know, if you guys had to give the nod to one over other, if your vote was the vote that's going to count, Rick, who are you picking? you picking Brady or you picking Vick to be the MVP? I'm taking Michael Vick, you know, and that's not to take nothing away from Tom Brady because he's doing his thing as usual, you know, and if you just look at the stats on the field, you would have to give it to Tom Brady, you know, but Michael Vick, you know, he's one of those players that's that's actually changing the, the game for the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, and he's he's willing them to wins right now, you know, and just watching that game just this past weekend, you know, Michael Vick, played his butt off out there, and I would have to give it to a player like him, you know, and, you know, like I said, not to take nothing away from Tom Brady, but if you was to remove Michael Vick, the Philadelphia Eagles are not going to be as good, and if you remove Tom Brady, they might not be as good, but they'll still win. They'll still win some games. They'll win games off Bill Belichick alone, 
you know, and I don't think the, the Philadelphia Eagles could stand a chance right now without Michael Vick. He's got to be the MVP. Now, Chris, what do you think as far as Brady and Vick being MVP? Well, let's look at the Eagles' history. Now, they've been to the NFC Championship game plenty of times with McNabb. Plenty of times. Plenty of times. So they, they, ain't, they ain't weak. The people they recruited, people that came through there, Westbrook, uh, Deshaun, you know, I mean, they T.O., man, they've had some strong players, man. They, they, ain't, they ain't weak players. You know, they, they home, uh, home-based names that are coming in there. But, I, I mean, you know my vote's going to be for Tom Brady out top. I mean, I love Mike, man. I do. I, I, I'd say that, you know, he is it's a great story, you know what I mean? But I think that Brady, Brady's got to have MVP as far as, like, week after week. Coming through with the win, figuring it out, you know, firing up the team, making it happen. I, I would have to go with Brady, man, especially after the win after the Jets and uh, in the uh, in the snow, you know, with Chicago. I mean, you know, in the fight we had last night. I mean, not last night, but Sunday night. I mean, it's yeah, man. You know, I got to give it to Brady. Royce, who you like in this uh, MVP race? I know he. My MVP vote is for the quarterback between Michael Vick and Brady that takes his team all the way to a win in the Super Bowl. That's my vote for MVP. <laughs> well, <that's easy. laughs> yeah, he's staying consistent with it, though. <laughs> he did that, man. Whichever one of those two can actually take his team and win a, a championship or a Super Bowl, that's my vote for MVP. What if, what if right. Matt Ryan win the Super Bowl? I beg your pardon? What if Matt Ryan win the Super Bowl with Atlanta? What if Matt, Matt Ryan is MVP? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, the, the, the MVP vote shouldn't come to the end of the season. I mean, uh, he could get What's to the, the regular season Super Bowl. Award, and though, yeah. I mean, uh, well, the season's not over yet. I'm a Jewish still it's, it's, a, it's a regular season award. I, I see you giving the nod to. <laughs> well... Let's see, y'all. After that, i got to regroup a little bit. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no, you know what? He makes a good point because how many times did you see, like, the MVP of the season, and then and it's, like, close, but the MVP of the Super Bowl actually doesn't win, like, the MVP of the season, but should have, or, right. you know, so. But, now I look at it this way. I mean, i got a little um, stats here for – Vic, and it's it's close. It is close. Let's go with Brady. 31 touchdowns, only four interceptions, 66% percentage, 109 rating, okay, 12-2. and two. Then you have Vic, 20, uh, 20 touchdowns, five picks, 63%, quarterback rating 103. So it's close. But right. see, Vic, now somebody, I forget who just said that Brady has his stats he actually doesn't have the stats because if you say 31 touchdowns, four interceptions for Brady, 20 touchdowns, five interceptions, but um, Vic has eight touchdowns rushing, 618 yards. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. Can you put it on okay. the so, Yeah, if you factor that in and how many of those yards rushing were key first downs for the Eagles? You know, so yeah, but but you know, 
What I'm going to do, though, I have a show coming up, and I, you know, obviously have to do the show, but I'll just say this. It's very close. Um, I do believe that I I know who the MVP is going to be, and it comes it comes with uh, factoring in, you know, something that nobody brought up on the program. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because, you know, there's, there is, there's different intangibles that go into the MVP right. voting, which, which guys around the country are going to vote. They're going to look, you know, they're going to look at every angle and every, everything that, you know, Tom Brady has to work with and everything that Michael Vick has to work with and then incorporate into their vote. Well, that's a good point. Let me ask yeah. you guys real quick. We've got about two minutes left in the program before we go. A lot of talk about the MVP race has been between two players, Vic and Brady, as we talked about. But is there that one player that we're overlooking? Is there anybody else that should be at least up for consideration for I NFL say, MVP? Yeah, I would say Matt Ryan, Atlanta. I think that's the only other right. one. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. that. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at Chicago. 12 and 2, you know, 12 and 2. Uh, they didn't lose a home game. So, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, it's, he's in the consideration. You know, and what if Atlanta goes on to win the Super Bowl and he gets MVP? You know, like your buddy said there, there's the MVP as a year. Yeah, right. you're right. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. All right, so I want to thank you for joining us on the program, man. Let everyone know when that show is going to come on. All right, yeah, it's going to be on uh, tomorrow morning, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash Sports. And, uh, guys, it was great. I had a great time. And uh, have a great Christmas and a happy new year. You too, man. Thank you, you too. Man. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, and we, we, uh, we're going to conclude our show. We had a lot of masks up the cover as well. We did talk about them winning tonight. And we're going to have to spend a whole uh, show on doing the Mavs. I guess we might do that tomorrow because we got a lot of Mavs out there. We got to play. We got a lot of Mavs. Uh, we football. <laughs> we got a whole <laughs> lot of Mavs to talk about. They're one of the best teams out there right now, so we got to talk about them. And uh, so we may do that. that tomorrow. We never know. So check our check our website out, rfsportsradio.blogspot.com or go to blogtalkradio.com slash rfsports and stay in contact with the show. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. Roy, since you're joining us on late, man, is there any closing comments you'd like to make here in the last 30 seconds? You guys have a very safe and merry, merry Christmas. <laughs> Go Patriots. Appreciate <laughs> See y'all next Thursday. <laughs> this Thursday. Okay. <laughs>